Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Before we get started, support for this podcast comes from Boost with Facebook, whose podcast, Boost My Business with David Fisher, features unique perspectives and insight from business leaders and small business owners. Hear stories and anecdotes about businesses just like yours. Gain insight on what it takes to grow a business and learn from both the mistakes and triumphs of others. Download Boost My Business wherever you get your podcasts. That's Boost My Business Podcast. Before we get started, support for this podcast comes from Boost with Facebook, whose podcast, Boost My Business with David Fisher, features unique perspectives and insight from business leaders and small business owners. Hear stories and anecdotes about businesses just like yours. Gain insight on what it takes to grow a business and learn from both the mistakes and triumphs of others. Download Boost My Business wherever you get your podcasts. That's Boost My Business Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Chalk Talk. It's been a minute. I feel like I haven't said those words in a while, but I am your host of Chalk Talk, Taylor Davis, joined by the one and only McKenna Kelly. We are here to talk all things gymnastics for you. Thank you for uh, giving us some time off to enjoy the holiday season. A lot's been going on. We hope that everyone had a great Christmas, Happy New Year, and are enjoying the beginning weeks of 2020. I know McKenna and I are. McKenna, you now have a brother-in-law. A lot's been happening. A lot's been happening. Catch us up real quick. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you guys know we took the, you know, the holiday break off that one week. And then the following week, Taylor and I's schedules just could not align because my sister got married this past weekend. Um, Oh my, you guys, she was the most perfect bride. And I feel like that's so cliche. And like every bridesmaid says that about their bride. Like she was so perfect, but Shayla was literally (laughs) perfect. I'm probably biased just because she's my sister, but oh my gosh, the, the day, the entire day was just, it was a dream. The weather could not have been more perfect and it was raining all week. And so Shayla was super nervous about that. And um, I mean, yeah, it was, it was absolutely perfect. That's so fun. And I, I mean, know. the first of four sisters to yeah, get married, like, I know. that's so exciting. So exciting. And I've never really been, a, I've, I mean, not really, I've never been a part of a wedding before and I've only been to maybe like one or two. So I don't really, I didn't really oh. understand how they ran and all that. And there's a lot to it, but um, it went so smoothly. There was no drama and you would think, you know, with a bunch of girls there would be, but um, <laughs> it was, it was great. It was literally the most perfect day. I can't believe you haven't been to that. I guess you're still like early know, in your twenties. Yes, yeah. Give it a couple years. Last year I went to seven and See, I was yeah. in three. So like once you get to your later twenties, it's like, oh, every weekend I have a wedding. Right. But, right. Yeah. I think I'm at that age where like everyone's just graduating and then some people are starting to get engaged. So it my time's coming to where I'm gonna and have it a ramps lot. up. Yeah. Um, and also of news since we last did an episode. McKenna and I saw each other. We did, you guys. It was so crazy. Our worlds collided. (laughs) It was so fun. I literally haven't haven't physically seen you since like SECs. Listeners probably are confused by that. So McKenna and I record individually, like in our own homes through a website that records both of our tracks and then we edit it together. I didn't understand how like podcasting works if two people like aren't in the same studio together. But yeah, yeah. So McKenna's in Texas. I'm in North Carolina. So we never actually get to see each other. We just like talk every week. It's weird. She's like my, um, 
online buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so but yes, funny. we got to cross paths a little bit. Uh, do you have any New Year's resolutions? I feel like you're somebody who would. For sure. Um, <laughs> I yeah, no, you are spot on about that. Yeah, yeah. I took down my my um goal list from 2019. I I accomplished pretty much all of them, which was really really cool. Oh, snap. Um. So yeah, I already have my new goal list up. Um, actually, my boyfriend and I yesterday we were um, trying to sit down and do goals like together of things we could work on. Uh, we didn't quite finish it, but uh, so yeah, I'm definitely a goal setter, and I'm excited to see what 2020 brings. Uh, kind of my word for this year is prosper, um, and oh. just putting myself out there and taking risks because I've just kind of realized that like. Um, you know, my dreams aren't going to do themselves and it part, putting myself out there is going to be scary and rejection and yeah. is like one of my biggest fears that I've come to know more about myself. I've learned that about myself. Um, so I've just decided to suck it up. You know, it's not, my dreams aren't going to happen unless I do the work, unless I take those risks. And if it happens, great. If it doesn't, at least I tried and I won't have any regrets there. Um, so we will see what 2020 brings. I love that. I think yeah. that's a really good good way to approach it. I'm going to adopt that and yeah. then <laughs> add on. I'm trying to be a little less hard on myself this mm-hmm. year. I that's think good. that's something that like everybody, but especially like women yeah. can, need to do. Definitely. I, I think having your ambitions and your goals and being really driven is important, but you got to cut yourself some slack a little bit. And I think I have a hard time doing that. I put a lot of expectation on myself to attain as close to perfection as possible, whether it's in my career or in my personal life. And like, that's just not going to happen. And if you're chasing that, you're always going to be disappointed instead of being able to see small victories. So I'm trying to cut myself a little more slack, realize that Things are going to happen the way they're supposed to in the time they're supposed to, as long as you're putting in the work and and you're being a good person and sticking with your morals and your standards and your beliefs, then your life is going to pan out the way it's supposed to. So I I, love I'm that. proud of us, girl. Yeah, us. That, for sure. <laughs> okay, well, we are going to dive in to some gymnastics news. We're going to be talking about the college season today. Now that the holidays have come and gone. That means it is officially college gymnastics season. So we had a few meets from this past weekend. We're going to recap some results of that. We're going to look forward uh, to some of the live broadcasts that are going to start this upcoming weekend. It's finally here. We knew it would get here quickly. And sure enough, here we are. But before we do that, I just want to tell you guys once again about the pod by eight sleep. Let's make 2019 the last year that you suffered through bad sleep. That is a good New Year's resolution to get some good sleep here in 2020. I mean, there are so many benefits to a good night's sleep. Even studies from Harvard and Johns Hopkins say that chronic sleep deprivation has been shown to lead to depression, diabetes, obesity, even cardiovascular disease. So we need at least eight hours of sleep. And one of sleep's biggest problems is temperature. It's tough to get a good night's sleep if you're too hot or too cold or if your temperature just fluctuates all night. So this year, you need to invest in the Pod by 8 Sleep. It is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness, and it was developed by leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours 
of sleep. So it combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. This is phenomenal for athletes as well. If you really need to recover after tough workouts, tough practices, this thing really might be what helps you do that. So if you like the bed cool, you like it warm, uh, you, you need something that's a little more comfortable right now, I really recommend trying the Pod by 8 Sleep. And for the next week, you can get $200 off your pod and a free gravity blanket for a total value of $500. But you have to go to 8sleep.com slash pro. So that's E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash pro. Do that within the next week. You're going to get $200 off. You might as well go ahead and try it. I've heard great things about it. And it's 2020. Get yourself some good sleep. Okay. So like I said, college season is officially underway. And there were some big meets to kind of kick it off. A lot of invitationals. Uh, The biggest one that had a lot of eyeballs on it was the California Grand Collegiate Challenge because it, of course, had Oklahoma and UCLA. Um, There were two sessions to this one. So the session that Oklahoma and UCLA were in, Oklahoma won. And I mean, Maggie Nichols is just back to regular form, and now you add Reagan Smith to the mix. It just seems like they lose great athletes every single year, but they are bringing in equally, if not better, athletes the next year. Oh, yeah. And something I want to commend KJ Kindler on, she, it, it seems like just from how her teams have, um, how their performances have always gone, she recruits kind of no name under the radar gymnast. She spots potential and then she gets them to her campus under her wing and coaches them her way. And, and she creates this, this athlete that was already there, but she just, yeah. She's just so good at advancing gymnasts and their gymnastics vocabulary and and their confidence. I, I don't know if that's something – if they do something, some sort of workshop that promotes confidence or, or how she gets them. But before they perform, I want you to like notice their faces. They, they look like they are mm-hmm. ready to kill. They're ready to go out there and, and just knock it out of the park, and they usually do. Um, so, I mean, they had a, a strong 197.35, I, I, I believe, and – I mean, to start out of the gate with that, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> they come out guns a-blazing. And I For think sure. some teams, you know, sometimes that can be a, a risk a little bit if you go too hard too early. And yeah. some teams make the conscious effort to scale back at the beginning of the season because you're ultimately working toward April. And this is right. very draining and very taxing on your body. So if you come out the gate too fast, too strong, uh, you know, it could plague you with issues down the road. But if you have a stacked team with enough talent across the board that can get you all the way to April, then you don't really have to think about things like that. And that's usually what Oklahoma's dealing with. But I completely agree with you about KJ. She has such a knack with her athletes and covering them for the past few years. She's got this unique balance of having a really close friendship with her athletes, but also still being the disciplinarian. Mm -hmm. Like you can still see the respect and the reverence that they have for her, even though they come off the floor and immediately give her a big hug. You know, like I can think of some coaches in my head who are very like, I want to say like motherly, like very Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. loving and and warm. And then there are some that are like all business. Business, yeah. KJ combines them both. And I think that is a very unique trait as a head coach. Yeah. No, I mean, and and I think that has a lot to do with how that, you know, they run their program and what their culture is. Um, 
you know, maybe it, it might work for – and some gymnasts may prefer the more business and some gymnasts may, you know, enjoy or need that kind of nurturing, loving combination. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, you definitely see kind of different personalities from different coaches and, and you can – I guess it would kind of give you a glimpse into how things are run or ran in their programs. I, I definitely agree with you. So as we, you know, have seen, Maggie Nichols transitioned to college phenomenally. I mean, like she really Seamlessly. has kind of, yeah. yeah, like she has kind of mirrored Courtney Coupets, you know, who had yeah. all this elite success, but then, you know, transitioned to college and like somehow tapped into even more of who she was as a gymnast. And she just has like taken it by storm. Do you anticipate Reagan Smith is going to have the same kind of trajectory? You know, I I would love to say that. Um, I think, first of all, I just want to put out there that I think Maggie Nichols was totally robbed, and I think she should have been on the Rio team. I would have loved to <laughs> yeah. have seen her on that Rio team. Um, but I think everything happens for a reason. And, and look at, just like you were saying, look how seamless she's come into the college world. And she's, she's made her own. I think she deserves every ounce of it. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been really cool to see her confidence shift and come in almost heartbroken from, you know, the Olympic dream not yeah. panning out to way to the way she had performed in the way that, she, of course, she had hoped. Um, and Reagan Smith kind of has the same storyline and on the same team, actually. Um, you know, she was looking to that Rio team and it didn't quite work out for her either. And then continuing in the elite path, waiting kind of for her college to come around. You know, she was her at Worlds with her ankle. So hopefully this is her chance to rewrite her story as well. And I mean, she she's a very clean gymnast, very sharp gymnast, very Oklahoma style. So I think mm-hmm. only great things to come from Reagan Smith. I, I, I really think and I really hope that for her. That's a really good point. I, I didn't really think about the parallels between her and Maggie's path to Oklahoma, but they kind of have gone through the same things. And if Maggie's any indication, Reagan could certainly uh, adapt very well to college. But we've seen the opposite end of that, too. I mean, I, Madison Koshin didn't thrive right away when she right. got to UCLA. She kind of needed time to adjust and, and get used to this whole new environment. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Reagan adjusts and and kind of finds her place in the college realm, but yeah. uh, certainly looks like her skills are up there. So exciting to see what Oklahoma continues to put out there. UCLA was in second place. They had to count a fall on the beam. Um, but Kyla Ross is at her regular form. She won the all around title. Insane. I, I think 39, seven, two, five. Let me, I like it's nothing. Yeah. First, like it's week. nothing for her. How do you get better from that? Honestly? I know it's crazy. I think for UCLA, what we have seen in the past few years, they always have the talent. There is mm-hmm. never a question of, of the kind of caliber of athletes that they're going to have on their team. Their issue is consistency. And I think yeah. even seeing that in this first week, you have to count a fall on the beam, which I get it's the first week jitters and things like that. But like when you look over the course of the past couple seasons, that's kind of been what plagues them. From a gymnast perspective, what is kind of the most impactful factor, whether it's in the off season or throughout the course of meets, what helps a team develop that consistency? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the chemistry because I think Mm. if, you know, as a team, if you're, if you guys aren't, you know, zoned in on the same goal, if, if, you know, one girl, um, 
not even one girl, but but if a few girls' minds are more focused on something else, it, it's really hard to get everyone on the same page and you guys have to share that message. Um, and, and I think it's important that the coaches are involved too in a nurturing way because, you know, you're not always going to start on the right foot sometimes. And it's important that the coaches, you know, don't let the girls get defeated and they keep the vision, you know, ahead of themselves. And like we were saying, you know, the goal is at the end of April. So um, I, I think the most important thing is that they are all on the same page physically, the training's there. Those girls have done this sport for numerous amounts of years. Their bodies know what to do. I I really think, you know, coming into college, it's so much more than gymnastics at that point. You know, for some girls, you're having a social life for the first time in your life. For some girls, you are going to class for the first time in your life. I mean, some of these gymnasts have homeschooled their entire lives. And it's an entire culture shift and change, and you can get distracted very easily. So I think it's very important that everyone um, is focused and their message is very clear. That's a very good point. And I mean, UCLA has dealt with a lot of change. As we've mentioned, Coach Val no longer being there. You had people that kind of became the face of the program. Caitlin Ohashi no longer there. This this program kind of is in an identity adjustment a little bit. I don't think it's going to completely change. I think the foundation that Coach Val left will be sustained. But it, it takes on a bit of a, a different face. It has to, right, when you lose people like that. So of course. I, I think it'll be interesting to see over the course of the season kind of where they find their best fit and, and what they want to look like and what they want the energy to be like. Because you don't want to emulate something that is no longer there. You just want to continue it and add to it. Exactly. So, I'm excited to see uh, what what all they continue to put together. You got to expect a big year from Kyla Ross. It just oh my the writing's on the wall, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and the identity crisis, in a sense, I don't think the connotation should be negative to that at all. Kind of like what you were just saying. I think it's a great thing. I think it's exciting, and especially for the leaders and the seniors like Kyla Ross. You know, they're going to be the ones that keep that culture and what they've learned and how they've been successful. That's going to help that team find out who they are and and where this program is is opening this new chapter to. So it's yeah, Kyla Ross is a freaking stud. Um she's the coolest most down to earth girl. Um she reminds me a lot of Sarah Finnegan. Um I mean both in the gym just with their consistency, grace, power, form, all of the above. Uh, but even personality-wise, they're both very easygoing, very much um just kind of show up, do the work and uh and get it done. Kyla Ross, I I, I trained with her in um the national team training camps my senior year um, of high school. And I, I've i never seen a harder worker. I mean, that girl literally carried a sweat towel around with her. She worked her booty off and, and it shows. Yeah. I mean, she she what she puts out is, is how she practices and she's a fierce competitor and UCLA is very, very lucky to have her. Absolutely. I mean, if they're going to be looking to gain consistency this season, they will do it behind Kyla Ross because Absolutely. she is – Basically the epitome of consistency. Absolutely. So for that session, Cal got third place, Stanford got fourth. And in the other session, Denver got the first place. It was the second highest score of the day. Arizona State was second in that session, followed by Auburn at third and Penn State at fourth. Denver is an interesting program. I feel like that is just one that kind of, goes under the radar throughout the season. And then by postseason, they're on the national stage and they are sitting there going, we knew we had this. We all didn't. Right. And and those are dangerous teams. Oh my gosh, for sure. Denver, absolutely. And they've been one of those programs that's been up and coming. 
Um, I think each each year they've gotten better. They have senior Maddie Carr, who is an absolute stud. Um, she's actually she was teammates with Maggie Nichols, and you can kind of see the resemblance in in their gymnastics style. Um, if you watch her compete, but um, she's definitely been a leader. She's always been a consistent gymnast. Um, but that Denver team, they've got talent and they're they've got form. And obviously, in college gym, that's that's what you're looking for is form, and that's what wins. And I think them going into this invitational and getting the first place against Arizona State, Auburn, Penn State, they actually had a higher score than UCLA. So if that's any indication of where they're starting their season out, I I really think once again, they could be a bit of a dark horse. But I think more people are keeping their eyes on that program now Mm -hmm. than they used to, which is a good testament to what they're building and what they're creating in that program. Yeah. Um, There was also the Critique Classic Invitational between Georgia, Oregon State, Iowa, and Bridgeport. Georgia won this one. And Georgia is a program that, McKenna, you and I have talked about this personally, not on the show. But I am that that program is very interesting to me because if you know anything about college gymnastics and the history, it it was the gym dogs. Like they were the pinnacle. They were everything. They were the standard for mm-hmm. a long time. Suzanne Yoculin was at the helm of that. Courtney Coupets had her hand in that. And as we all know, over the past few years, it fell off and it it never could even get close to that again. So they bring Courtney back in. She is now the head coach. Suzanne Yoculin is also in, in a capacity as like an assistant. So you think, okay, we're, we're rewriting history, right? Like history is going to repeat itself. Sure. It has to. But... That is not an overnight process. You don't just bring back those two pieces and everything else happens. They need time to recruit. They need time to rebuild that standard. And I think that is an incredibly difficult task for someone like Courtney because she came in and there were so many expectations on her. And I even think there are less expectations on Jordan Weber at Arkansas because- Jordan was never at Arkansas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like right, I think right, Courtney, right. I think because it's her homecoming, absolutely. she is the ultimate gym dog. So now her as the head coach, there's so much expectation riding on it. Mm-hmm. And so I almost feel like them starting out with an invitational win is great. I think they've got a lot of young talent that they're using. Eight routines were new, whether freshmen or people competing on an event for the first time. And Courtney doesn't have a ton of head coaching experience. Yeah. So I, I want this Georgia program to continue to grow and evolve because I think the sport of gymnastics is better when Georgia is good. Like yeah. that, that's just the reality of it. But I, I want them to be able to find joy in the small victories. You know yeah. what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and, and I think it doesn't make it easier that they're in a really hard conference. Everyone in the SEC is good. Everyone. And if they're not, they're on their way to being good. Um, so I, I think that doesn't always help them. That doesn't make them look that much stronger. Uh, but yeah, it, Rome wasn't built in a day. It's going to take time. And, yeah. and it you never know. Courtney might be trying to implement – um, the same culture that she had in in on her own very own team, and and maybe that's not working. So it's going to take a time, take time to find their niche and find what works for them. And every every year, each team is different. So I mean, the couple years that she's been there, I mean, she's continually had to adjust every year. And um, and yeah, it's going to take time, and it's hard. And and I can't imagine um, kind of the burden she might be feeling she's carrying. 
Absolutely. And you know, the athletes feel it a little bit too, because it's like, okay, we know what everyone is saying. Like Georgia isn't what it once was. And I'm a part of that. And basically they have to be given the opportunity to start fresh. I don't think they should be trying to recreate the history. I think you, you tie into that and you learn from it, but I don't think you try and, and duplicate it because you're not not the same, you know? Yeah. The personnel is different. The timing has changed. I mean, the same thing can be said of Alabama. Alabama Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. once a powerhouse in gymnastics, and they have not lived up to that as of late either. And so if you're continually looking behind you, you're not going to be able to focus forward as much as you need to. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So I'm hopeful for Georgia's season. Uh, I think they have some stellar, stellar girls. Sabrina Vega on floor is just one of my favorite things in the world to watch. Oh my gosh, her floor um, routine is so cool. It's so good. And like no one could perform it better than her. Absolutely. No. Love it. No, she's so love it. That performance is amazing. And the other one I wanted to talk about real quick was your alma mater. Um, LSU beat Arizona, but by a hair. not the typical um, first meet that we're used no. to seeing from LSU. And I I thought it was interesting because when we had Jay on a couple weeks ago and he was saying, you know, we're going to we're going to have some growing pains. We're going to need some patience. We're going to have to work through some things yeah. to find out who we are. Um, and he even said, I hope they face adversity because yeah. adversity is going to bring out what they really are. Um, as competitors. And so I, it all kind of made sense to me when I saw the results of this one. And obviously um, there were some struggles on beam. There, there were some struggles finding landings. Like it just didn't seem like the polished LSU team that we're used to seeing out yeah. the gate, but this team is also experiencing a lot of change. How difficult is it to start a new season when you have what feels like the weight of the world of expectations, like, LSU always has. Um, actually, something Sarah Finnegan always told our team every single year. Um, well, before we compete, we all stand in a circle and we all um, get the chance to, you know, kind of set the tone and what's on our mind and share with the team, you know, kind of a positive message. Um, and Sarah Finnegan always said the first meet, guys, this is a blank slate. This is a new year, a new team. We, everyone, everyone across the country that's competing is starting from zero. It doesn't matter if you won the national championship last year. It doesn't matter if you came in dead last place. Everyone is starting from ground zero. So we have the chance to rewrite this. So, I mean, we always looked at it as it's a new year. Um, You can't, you can't take, like, like you were just saying, you can't duplicate what had just happened. If you're so focused on duplicating, that's where mistakes are going to come up. So you've got to see each meet, each season as a brand new start. And listen, it's uh, I'm not just saying this because of you, but it is no secret that LSU lost a stellar senior class. Yourself, Sarah, Lexi, Juliana, you guys really carried so much. So heading into a new season without people like that is going to take an adjustment. I totally understand what Jay was saying now, and I think they're going to put a lot of weight on some of the underclassmen and some juniors that maybe didn't have to carry as much of a load when you guys were there are now going to have to step into new roles that maybe they weren't accustomed to having. So this LSU team, we we know what to expect from them. They're always going to have a fire. They're always going to have an energy and they're always going to have explosive talent. Mm -hmm. It's just going to be working out the kinks. And I think you saw that in week one, but even Didi said, this is going to, 
send them into practice with a vengeance. Like yep. you, you get frustrated sometimes when you know you're capable of so much better and, and you don't execute it when the time comes. Absolutely. I mean, and you, you spend all these hours in the gym practicing and when you've been hitting and practice and you come out to a competition and, and you don't perform to, to what your standard is that that's absolutely frustrating. And these freshmen are still getting used to the culture. This was their first time being in front of the PMAC crowd. I mean, the, to the extent that it was, and, yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot to take in and they're a young team. And, and you know what? I was looking at other teams. Utah's a young team. They started out of the gate, not, not their strongest as, as Utah normally would be as well. So if, if there's teams that are young, there's going to be kinks and there's going to be mistakes and that's okay. As long as they don't carry those with them and let them define. I think we'll see so much improvement and growth from even I would say from competition one to competition two, because you as much as the exhibitions and all of that are beneficial, nothing is like actual competition. Exactly. So now that these girls are going to get some of those under their belt, I think we'll see uh, a bit more stability and and strength come out and and less of the nerves and confusion. So that's always exciting. Um, And this week we'll begin the SEC Network's weekly national coverage of college gymnastics. So I want to get some preview points from McKenna on some of those. But before I do, I want to tell you guys once again about my bookie. Christmas has come and gone, but the Super Bowl is quickly approaching. And we've seen just what the teams are capable of this season. So now it's time to get your last bets in before the big bowl. Will the Ravens be able to get it done? Brady and the Patriots are not going to get it done. What a wild season it's been. But if you have a feeling and want to make a bet, MyBookie is where you need to be. Head over to MyBookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. It's one of the most trusted in the industry. So if you're looking for a sportsbook to make some bets, MyBookie is where you want to go. And if football is not your thing, MyBookie has it all from the NBA to the Premier League. They've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24 service customer service team. Honestly, they're the real MVP. You can even pull your bets together for a bigger payout. So if you've got a couple big favorites this week, parlay wagers let you bet multiple games together. And if they all come through, you win big. MyBookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. So if you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. So if you deposit $2,000, you're going to get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate this offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV, which is an abbreviation of believe, to get your extra cash from MyBookie. Bet, win, and get paid. Okay, so some of the big meets happening this week that will be on the SEC network, and I want to get your input on. We've got Missouri at Kentucky, LSU, Georgia, and Alabama-Auburn. The Iron Bowl of Gymnastics coming at you early. Let's start with Missouri-Kentucky. You know, Missouri has had... A difficult time, I would mm-hmm. say. I, I, every year when we've gone to cover them, you know, they they feel like they need to break out of that bottom tier of SEC teams. And each year they're optimistic that they have the girls to do it. And yet yep. it just never reaches the full potential. Why is that? I mean, it could be a number of things. Um, 
And that's so that's upsetting and that that's disappointing for them. I, I I hurt for them in that aspect because they that team always has a good attitude. They're always there to do their best and give their best effort. But mm-hmm. like you said, it doesn't always pan out. Um, you know, part of me wonders if there's something they can do to better their confidence. Um, maybe maybe they're kind of doing a fake it till you make it mentality to you know where they're saying you know we have to believe in ourselves, but then when they go out there. Um, you know, it's not coming to fruition maybe because because of a lack of confidence. I'm not quite sure. Um, but their head coach, Shannon Welker, he is a very he, – he's got a resume. He was from Michigan and now he's over mm-hmm. at Missouri. So, I mean, he knows what he's doing. Um, it's I, I, I'm not quite sure where they could improve in the sense of um, kind of just getting their things together. Um, it'd be interesting to see how they, you know, do practice, how they perform in practice versus how different it is in the meets. That, that's a good point. And I also think there is a direct correlation with the culture. I think Missouri's gymnastics following is a little bit more behind some of these other SEC schools, SEC schools. And that helps breed that confidence. When you are in an environment, an arena that is just on fire and, and the crowd is feeding into you, that's not really what you get when you go to Columbia. And, and I think that that is yeah. unfortunate for these gymnasts because they deserve the same support that – LSU and Alabama and Florida fans are giving. Um, so that that's something that I think the Missouri fans and, and athletic department should kind of continue to vamp up. And I also would like to see them step it up on floor a little bit. I think each year I there is so much that good choreography and good music can do for you on floor. And and honestly, it can have an impact on judging. That that's the reality of it. And I think that sometimes it's a little safe and it's a little subdued and reserved. And I think if you gave them an opportunity with either choreography or music or encouraging more facials or just getting them out of their comfort zone a little bit on floor, I think that would breed to the other events. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it starts in training and, 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 you know, they might have to take that to the drawing board and try those e-passes and get themselves to a better standard of, you know, what they expect from themselves and what they expect to compete. Um, maybe recruiting could be better. Um, but no, I think that's a great point that the crowd may be not as invested in that absolutely makes all the world of a difference. And a program that is continuing to rise and grow is Kentucky. And so for these two to face off, um, it, it will certainly be very telling of, of where they kind of left last season and what they're starting into this year. I think Kentucky, uh, Tim Garrison is a great coach. Like I, I really have a lot of respect for him and what he's doing there and the respect that he has from his athletes and that he also has for his athletes is very evident, even in the way he speaks about them and conducts practice. And I, I just have a lot of good things to say about him. And if you've got somebody like Molly Korth, you, oh you're, gosh, you're in the running. I mean, that girl is so freaking fun to watch. And I so admire that she went to a program like Kentucky. I, I think those stories are always so unique. You know, mm-hmm. she could have gone to a Florida or whatever. She has the talent for it. And she went to Kentucky and she has helped bring that program up in the ranks. And she's got to feel proud about that because she knows how much she has had to do with their success. Um, My freshman year, she qualified individually. I think it was my freshman year, maybe sophomore. Um, And it was either, it was to a big championship meet. She'd qualified individually and she was with LSU and 
oh my gosh, we hit it off. I mean, our entire team and her, we were the best of friends. I mean, it's like she was on our team and Jay was joking, like, I'm going to get you to come to our school. Like we could use you. And I mean, she, you know how Jay is. And she was just a ball of fun. That girl is so cute and she's sweet and she's just, she's a great athlete. And, and, you know, I think that's a testament to, to Tim and, and what he, you know, promotes and, and how he presents himself in the university and their program to his recruits to get an yeah. athlete like Molly Korth. Um, you know, th- these athletes have got to buy in and Tim does a great job of apparently to, of presenting that and, and telling that athlete, you know, this is what you would do. This is how you can impact us and we need you because we want to get better and, you know, you're the athlete to do that. And absolutely, Kentucky's been one of those teams that has seemed to climb the ladder a little bit each year and rung each year. And some some years they haven't had all of this all of the success in the world, but it seems like each year they do get better, um, and that's yeah. always really encouraging to see. I completely agree with you, and I I'm excited to see what they can do. Another one that will be broadcasted this week is LSU Georgia, and I think that that one actually will be pretty interesting. Yeah, I, this meet always is. There's always honestly, there's always a lot of tension between these two teams. I think um, just because of of their pasts and and like. Georgia being one of, I mean, a reigning national champion for years in a row, and then LSU always being part of that competition. Um, this this meet is always full of tension, um, and they're both young teams. They're both, I mean, and they're coming off of not their best performances, so they're both going to go in yeah. with kind of shaken up confidence. Um, maybe new lineups in the picture. So we, it's yeah, I agree. It's going to be very interesting to see how this one pans out. And like you said, it being at Georgia, even if it's at LSU, there could there could be home bias scoring. So you know, we're just going to have to see. Stegman Coliseum gets rowdy, especially when they close on floor. So that's usually when the big scores get thrown and LSU will be finishing on beam where they, you know, had some falls this past week. So that'll be an interesting one to kick off the SEC season. That's for sure. And then Alabama Auburn, obviously so much goes into that one, just given the school rivalries Mm -hmm. in every sport. I mean, I'm an Auburn grad, so I know that that rivalry runs deep, but both of these programs, which is crazy to say because Alabama was always one of the top, but the past couple seasons they haven't been. So right. I, I think this one could be anyone's game. I think Alabama has really kind of fallen away from where they once were. Mm-hmm. And Auburn's kind of been a bit of a dark horse. They surprised yeah. everybody a few years ago when they beat LSU out for the Super Six yeah. uh, and and kind of made their splash that year. They had Caitlin Atkinson and, yep. and Lexis Demers. And, and Jeff Graba is building that thing. But again, they'll have years of falling off a little bit. And so you feel like you take two steps forward and then three backwards. And so yep. you're – you're always playing catch up a little bit, but that's really the case in the SEC. We even saw last year when Florida got beat out of the Nationals. Like you're always playing catch up because yeah. there's so much talent in this league. So I think that one's going to be interesting too. Again, I I could see either of these winning. Yeah, I I feel like Alabama has been playing it safe. I don't think I think their repertoire of gymnastics and and the girls that they have on their team, I feel like they could be throwing more difficulty out there. I don't I know agree. If, if it's injury thing, but, but they always seem to be playing it safe. And unfortunately, you know, you see a team like Oklahoma who usually plays it safe, but their form makes up for the, for the lack of difficulty that they, that they have. I mean, that 
Oklahoma is sharp. Their artistry is on point. And I feel like Alabama kind of plays it safe and they're not always clean. They don't always have the landings. They don't always being as sharp as they could be. Um, and then Auburn, I think they're kind of a, they're a spitfire team. That team always has mm-hmm. kind of like an edge to them. They're always kind of angry when they compete and it's great. And it shows up because there's a spark to them. Um, and, and they have, have increased their difficulty each year. I, I think so. So um, yeah, this, this will be a matchup. This will be a matchup because you you never know if the difficulty is going to cause more mistakes for Auburn or if right. Alabama plays it safe and you you never know. So I mean, and it being so early in this season, I mean, meets like this are really exciting, but it doesn't always give you kind of a forecast into the future. That is very true. It's never really a clear indication until we get a little further into the season because there's all the also athletes that aren't um, competing on every apparatus right, right now who right. ultimately will be in the all around. And so, you know, scores will up at that point. So this is just a good kind of um, appetizer, if you will. We're starting to see what these teams are working with, what the off season has looked like. And the fun part of the season is to see it all come together in front of our eyes each week. So I'm pumped that it's here. We will be watching uh, all of the meets this week. We'll do recaps for you each week. Obviously, any interesting storylines that come out of meets, we will have you covered. So that wraps it up for us here on Chalk Talk for today. Uh, Thank you all for listening, for joining us again. McKenna and I are so excited about 2020. There's so much gymnastics happening this year from college to elite, the Olympics. Oh my gosh, we're going to have so much content for you guys. So make sure you are listening to us every week. Subscribe, leave a comment, shout us out on Insta, whatever you like, you know. Uh, And we will be back each and every week to break down some gymnastics for you. So until next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.